Welcome to Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Each week, Brian will present a Christ-centered teaching to increase your passion for the Godhead. It is our hope that this podcast will be a burning lamp that leads you on a path to encounter God's unquenchable love for you. And now our host, Brian Francis Hume. When Christ came to his cousin John the Baptist at the Jordan River, he asked to be baptized. So John submitted to him and baptized Jesus. And as he was coming out, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. And a voice spoke, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Very first step in responding to the call of God as an intercessor is first and foremost responding to God as a son or daughter, is embracing your identity as a son, as a daughter. Remember, when the Father spoke that over his son, Jesus had literally, had literally been hiding for 30 years. For 30 years, he was just doing his father's business. He was in hiding. Nobody knew about him. But yet, the father was so pleased with his son. If the father is pleased with his son, and we are in Christ, the father is pleased with us as sons and daughters. There's some of us here, it's like this striving going on in your heart. There's like this striving. You're just striving to get ahead. You're striving to make a name. You're striving to somehow, uh, you know, fulfill your, your 50 goals for life. You know, your bucket list, whatever it may be. But you're striving. Father, today, wants you to embrace his call upon your life as a son or daughter unto him. And to be content as a son or daughter alone. As I said earlier, I had been literally in hiding for 15 years. The backside of the desert. And I was so frustrated. Oh, I was frustrated. I was angry. Finally, a few weeks before I turned 40, I was in the midst of an extended fast. And I know about you, but when I do a, an extended fast, it's like, blah. I very, I mean, I have dreams, but I very rarely hear God's voice during those times. It's like survival mode. And so in the midst of this fast, I'm about two weeks in, and I hit rock bottom. I was just so frustrated. I about to turn 40 years old, and I was nowhere near where I thought I'd be when I was 40, much less 30. I mean, I, I, I had missed the mark big time. And so I am just so, I, I literally was just you know, on my face in my office. I just was pounding the ground in frustration. And, and, and I even had this, this, this swirling thought, it'd be better off our dad. And then I recognized that as the voice of the enemy in that moment. And then I took it captive. And in my place of brokenness, I just began to cry out to God. The Father met me. In my place of brokenness, I surrendered. I surrendered my need for success, to be successful. And I surrendered my need to be significant, to be affirmed by others. And in that place, I embrace my identity as a son of the Lord. 
Now, I continued on with that fast till the end, and, and nothing really felt different. But the day after I finished, I broke the fast, shift took place. I knew something had shifted. And so, so God burned the revelation of sonship deep in my heart. And from that moment on, for the last two and a half years, I have been delighting in the Father as a son. I mean, you can't take that from me. I mean, I, I don't care about all the other stuff. I really don't. I do not care about all the other stuff. I just want to be a son, a son. And so the Father today, your first step of obedience to the Lord in terms of your calling is to embrace what he says about you as his very own son and his very own daughter. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That's hard for some of you. You're going to have to humble yourself today to allow the, the tender words of the Father to be spoken deep into your heart. Amen? So that's the fire of identity. Now we're going to talk about the fire of intimacy. The reason why I talk first about the fire of identity is this. Those with orphaned spirits who lack the revelation of sonship make poor lovers. Think about that. If you, if you have an orphaned spirit, I'm sorry, you're going to be a poor lover. You have to first embrace the call as a son or daughter. And that will give you the foundation then to be a lover of God, to, to pursue the Lord in the secret place, in the place of intimacy with him. Okay, I'm telling you, your intercession will go, only go as far as the depth of your intimacy with the Father. There's, there's no uh, substitute. Your place of intimacy will determine the grace for you to walk in as an intercessor. So I want you to allow the Holy Spirit, again, to provoke your heart, to respond to him this day, to pursue him in a place of intimacy. There, there, there's this verse in, uh, in Jeremiah, I think it's around chapter 31, uh, but it said, who is he who would devote himself to be close to me? Other translations say intimate with me. That's the question the Father is asking us. Will you devote yourself to be intimate with me? And the place of intimacy is the place where the fire of God burns deep in our hearts. That's the place of where Leviticus 6.13 comes into place. It's the place where we're in that place of intimacy, that place of communion, and seeking the face of the Father. But we begin to burn with his heart. And I love this verse, or I'm sorry, this, this quote from Frank Damasio. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And it says this, are you ready? That's good. When the heart is on fire with God himself, then prayer itself is on fire. Oh, man. I'm going to read that again. When the heart is on fire with God himself, then prayer itself is on fire. That's why we need intimacy, because it's the intimacy of fire that we carry into the place of intercession that gives us the grace to, to sustain and persevere in that place of intercessory prayer on behalf of others. So we cannot bypass the place of intimacy with the Father. We cannot uh, collect a go-card 
and bypass the secret place. We must go. Seek the Father in that secret place. In my struggle, as I was walking in a place that God was refining my heart, I found initially that it seemed like that struggle would, would quench any fire in my heart that I had for God. I was so overwhelmed with shame, with condemnation, with frustration in that early part of that journey. But I found as I, as I, as I took little steps, little steps, and gained little steps of victory, momentum was growing. But I found that, that those things was like, was like those little steps of victory were, were like, like stubble and wood that I was able to throw on this little fire. And that fire began to slowly increase and grow. I remember last year, uh, my wife and I, we, we, we have a, in our backyard uh, a little fire pit. And so we, we love to do uh, s'mores with our girls. And we have two precious daughters, nine and six. And so some evening we'll, we'll get that fire going. And, uh, and I have limited firewood. So when we're done doing the s'mores, I'll get a bucket of water and I'll dump it on the fire because I want to save as much wood for the next time. So, uh, so I, you know, we were finished doing our s'mores and, you know, I'd, you know, chocolate Hershey and, you know, all that stuff just all over our cheeks, except for Renata. She was one, you should, you know, she was clean. And so, uh, and so, so I, I put out the fire. Well, the next morning, Annette said, Brian, did you put out the fire last night? I said, yeah, I dumped the whole thing of water on it. So I woke up in the middle of the night, I look out the window, and there was a raging fire in the fire pit. I was like, wow, praise God. <laughs> and so, man, we, we go through seasons of difficulty. Seasons where, I'm telling you, it just, it is so, it's when disappointment overwhelms us. And we think, ah, everything, the fire just been quenched from my life. But, but no, in the grace of God, as you just persevere, 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 you do not give up. But in the grace of God, your small steps of victory become the very uh, ember, become the very log, the stubble that God uses to rekindle that fire that becomes a raging fire. So do, if you're in a place this day, where you are walking out that, that struggle. And it could be, it could be a financial struggle where, where you know, in the past that, that, uh, the, the, the mounting credit card debts and you were just overwhelmed. And it's like, every time you begin to think of that, it just quenches everything in you. One step at a time, one step at a time. Victory is attained in the Lord. And just allow each one of those steps to be a reason to, to celebrate in him and allow that fire begin to burn ever so brightly. Do not give up. And so, so the Father wants us to cultivate that fire in the secret place before him. So we've talked about the, the fire identity, sonship, daughtership. We've talked about the fire of intimacy. And, and now we want to talk about the fire of intercession. How many of you remember back in the late 90s, there was this, uh, 
this phenomena that took place within the body of Christ. It was like everyone had this little bracelet on and had the letters WWJD. And if you were really cool, you had like 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 a like a neon colored one or or something, you know, it was just a little different than what everyone else had. And so WWJD stood for what would Jesus do? Right? And so we, we asked the question, uh, you know, am I really called to be an intercessor? Am I really called to intercede? Now, let me ask you a question. What is Jesus doing right this moment? And Pastor Bobby mentioned it this morning during his message. He's interceding. So when you look at the Lord's Prayer, it's a, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so if Jesus right now is in heaven at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding on our behalf and you're asking, what would Jesus do? Because you want to do, right? You want to do what Jesus is doing, correct? And so, so I believe, uh, I mean, that's like, may not be the best, but that's like my, you know, intercession 101, you know, theology foundation right there. But, uh, but we are called in the grace of God to be intercessors. We're called to, to, uh, to have the fire of intercession burning in our hearts. And it must come out of that place of intimacy where the fire of God burns in our heart in the place of intimacy, seeking him face to face. Because it's in that place then that, that we have learned what it means to be a lover of God. And I love what Jesus says, greater love has no man than he who is willing to lay down his life for his friend. Because that is what intercession is about. It is the call to die. It is the call to lay down your life. Intercession is not easy. Intercession is not a walk in the park. It takes a choice of the will to lay it down, to submit yourself to the Father. Joyfully surrender your will to the Father to seek his heart regarding what he is saying about a specific person or situation. Now, when I was a, a new young believer in the Lord, I came to the Lord September 20th, 1992, freshman in college. And I remember that first season of life, because that was the first time I'd read the Bible. And so I was devouring the scriptures during that early stage. And I remember uh, the, the passage in Philippians chapter 2, and that little phrase talking about, you know, um, that Jesus was... Uh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But for some reason, as a new believer, that little phrase, King of kings and the Lord of lords, it just, it meant something. It did something in my heart. It was just something fresh in my heart. And, uh, and so we're talking this weekend at the Pastors, Prophets, and Intercessor Conference. And just as Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of Lords, he is the pastor of pastors, the shepherd of the shepherds. He is the prophet of the prophets. He is the intercessor of the intercessors. And I want you to catch something. Um, 
when you were at some point, each one of us were separated from God. We were, we did not know God. We were not born again, according to John chapter three. And I could, we could all say this, that, that in that state, Jesus was literally dying to meet you, right? Jesus was literally dying to meet you. Well, I have news for you. If you are born again, Jesus is in your heart. Amen. And Jesus is dying to get out. And so I don't know what, how he, how that looks exactly, but I know that, that the prophet of prophets is dying to get out of you. The pastor of pastors is dying to get out of you. The intercessor of intercessor is dying to get out of you. So I say all that to say this, you do not have to manufacture intercession. It's not something you, you work up, not something you, you somehow, you know, do on your own strength. It's not about you, but it's about you understanding that Christ in you, the hope of glory, the intercessor of intercessor wants to release his intercession through you. So as he is doing it in heaven, he wants what is being said in heaven to be released through you in that moment. Your job is to find out what he is interceding about and come in agreement with heaven that that may be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. It's hard, but it's not hard. It's simple, but it's not simple. I don't know if that makes sense or not. He is in you. The king of glory, the hope of glory, the intercessor of intercessors. And he wants, he is dying to release his intercession through you. And so today, in the grace of God, be encouraged. Because you don't have to fabricate it. You don't have to manufacture it. You just have to be obedient in the place of prayer, the secret place. Submit yourself to him and say, Father, what is Jesus interceding about right now? How do I release the, the intercession that he is declaring right now before you? How do I just come into agreement with that and release that on behalf of my families? How do I release on behalf of my, my church, my pastor? And so I, I really want to break off any religious kind of approach to intercession that somehow you got to, you know, make it happen. You got to somehow grind your teeth and do it. And there are moments of perseverance where it's challenging. Yes, but it's in the grace of God. And it's in agreement. It's in agreement. It's in agreement with heaven's will. What Christ is already declaring. Whoops, I said the word declaring. <laughs> what Christ is interceding. I love having fun. Uh, I'm blushing. Sorry, Bobby. How are you doing, Mike? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, we're going to wrap it up and we're just going to close in a time of prayer. But, uh, but you are called carry the Father's heart as a son, as a lover, and as an intercessor. You are called. In October of 2000, I was a student at Christ for the Nation Bible School in Dallas, Texas. That particular week, we had a guest speaker, 
a Messianic Jewish man by the name of Dan Jester. And I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. That Monday, uh, Monday morning after the chapel service, I went in the back to the book table. And as I walked by the book table, I saw one book that jumped out at me. The title alone was worth its weight in gold. And sometimes I buy books just for the title. My <laughs> wife can, she can confirm that. You don't need another book. Yes, I do. But, but, this, but at that point, I was a, I should say, broke college student in Bible school. So I'm looking at this book, and the title was The Irrevocable Call. Man, I, I saw the title. There's something in me was just stirred, was, was just longing to walk in that reality. Because I had begun to walk in a place of struggle. And I had begun to question, man, is it possible? Did, did I forfeit my calling? Is it possible that, that I'm going to miss my calling? And, and I was just heavy with that, with those thoughts. And I just remember just, oh, my heart just longed for the reality of that, those words to, to be a reality in my life. So the next day at chapel service, I, as I walked in, I normally sat in the middle section about 10 rows back. There was like this one seat that was kind of like, you know, my seat because to the left of me was over in the other section, I had a clear view of this beautiful Polish girl. And uh, so I knew exactly, uh, you know, where to sit. And so, uh, so this particular day I walk in and I just had this sense. I was to sit on the third row, right in the middle. And so uh, I just obeyed the prompting, went up there, sat down, exactly where I felt like I was supposed to sit. And so Dan Jester gets up and he starts, uh, he had uh, some books in his hand. And he said, I want to give uh, you know, some of these books away. And, and the Christ for the Nations, uh, like whenever a guest speaker would give away a book, I mean, it's like a mob. <laughs> You know, running out there. I mean, you, 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 it's like a stampede. You got to be careful. And so I, I was just one of the guys, uh, I, I just stayed in my seat, you know. It, it just, I just wasn't part of that group that, you know. And so, uh, and so, so, so Dan has this book out, and guess what? It's the irrevocable crap. And I'm like, ah. And I'm like, and everybody, everybody around me jumps up. And I'm sitting in my seat, and, and normally it's like someone would run up and, and the, the guest speaker would hand it to him. Well, he decides to throw it. He goes, and he tossed it in that direction. And I'm sitting right in the middle, third row back, and I'm sitting there. Everybody else is standing around me. Do you ever have like one of those moments in life It's like slow motion? <laughs> and it was like, you know, he threw the book, and I'm watching it. It's going this direction, this direction, and all of a sudden, it, like, it, was, it was a curveball. He, he, knew, he knew how to throw a, throw a curveball. So I think they coming toward my direction. And it's like slow motion. And it's almost like I, I saw everybody, you know, jumping off for it, you know, reaching. And, and they missed it. And they both go, bam, right on my lap. <laughs> I, I, I was literally so shocked. In that moment, it hit my lap. Somebody else next to me grabbed it. And like two seconds later, he said, man, it's meant for you. And he gave it back. 
but I had the book. And it, you know, the irrevocable call, it's based on Romans eleven twenty six that the calling and the gifting of God are irrevocable. Some of you are here today. There's been this like harassing, lingering doubt and questions regarding the call of God on your life. It's like the enemy just trying to, to, to whisper in your ear so he can nullify the sense of confidence in the Lord regarding the calling that he has on your life. His call, his call, his call on your life is irrevocable. It's not too late. It is not too late today to begin to walk in your calling. I mean, I, I feel there's people here. You, you've missed your calling. And it's been hounding you. It's, you've been in a place before the Father. And you felt like you have missed your calling. I, I want you to stand as we close. If you need to respond this afternoon to the Father. That the Father has called you as a son or a daughter. And that the Father has called you to be close and intimate with him and that the Father has called you to be an intercessor. If any of the three areas that you are battling in terms of questions, in terms of doubts, we're just going to take a moment before we break. Are we, can we take a, just another few minutes? And we're going to respond to the Lord in obedience. I believe God is going to be breaking off as you step forth in obedience, he breaking off any shame, any doubts or unbelief. We're going to break that off as you step forth in obedience to the Father and confidence in his call on your life as a son, as a daughter, as, a, as one to be called to burn in a place of intimacy before him in a place of intercession or whatever else it may be. I want you to stand. There's a person standing in the very back corner. I just felt like the Lord said, you cannot hide from his goodness. His mercy and goodness shall follow you all the days of your life. Very, very back corner. Very back corner had a hat on. Yeah, you just looked up. The Father is marking you afresh. There's just something about the, the, the Father literally saying, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I just feel like the Lord's marking you in your step of obedience unto him. Amen. Uh, thank you, Father. We are just responding right now. I just want you to open your heart. Open your heart. And just allow Holy Spirit right now to break off any lingering doubt, shame, whatever would try to nullify your calling in him. Just right now, Holy Spirit, just ministering to each heart that's standing right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you are responding in obedience to your call as a son or a daughter, I just want you to write down your own words before the Father. Tell him that you are his very own son. That you are his very own daughter. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, right now, 
we take authority over any uh, any sense of um, being an orphan, being on the outside looking in. Lord, we just take authority over that, Lord. And we just ask you to break off that orphan spirit over each person, Father, responding to you in obedience. And Father, we're asking you by the Spirit of God that you would mark them with sonship, daughtership. Right now, Father, the spirit of adoption by your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Father. The second thing, the fire of intimacy. If your love has grown cold, I just want you right now, by faith, receive the touch of the Father's love for you that will begin to burn once again deep in your heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you right now. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Release, Father, just a fresh revelation, Father, of your love in the place of prayer, in the place of intimacy before you, Father. Right now, Lord, we just thank you for impartation of fire, fire, fire in the heart of each person here, Father, that are standing, Father, in obedience to your call as a lover, as a lover of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And finally, for those who have stood, believing God, that you are called as intercessor and you want to respond in obedience. Father, we just ask you right now, we just, Lord, we lay down, God, any sort of uh, religious, uh, religiosity, any sort of um, uh, feeling like we got to do it, feeling like we got to somehow manufacture. But Lord, we just right now lay down our own lives. Lord, we lay down our own lives. For that's what lovers do. We lay down our lives. And Father, we ask that you, by the power of your Spirit, would enable us, Lord, step into a new measure of grace to agree with you, the intercessor of intercessors, regarding what you are declaring. But Lord, right now, I'm just asking each heart would be sealed with the confidence of the Holy Spirit to go forth from this day with grace from heaven to intercede like they never interceded before. Lord, let the anointing of God be released in this house, Lord, for fresh intercession and agreement with the very intercession Jesus is making right now. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm just going to close in uh, just one more prayer for everyone here. So, Father, we just thank you for your grace upon us to be sons, to be lovers, and be intercessors unto you, Lord. And Father, our desire is to love you, to honor you with every breath. And Lord, I pray for every person, whether standing or sitting, Lord, I'm praying that you would ignite a fresh fire in their hearts, Father, from this day forth. That Lord, if people would see them Monday morning, they're gonna say, what happened to you? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Fresh fire from heaven 
igniting in the heart of each person here, Father. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Join us each week as we pursue God's heart for passion, purity, and prayer.